Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So welcome to COVID Noise Filter. My name is Dr. Mark Yandere, and we are so happy to have guest co-hosting with us, Nurse Julia. Welcome to the show, Nurse Julia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be coming on board with you guys. Thank you so much. And now on to the show. Four reasons for the global decline in COVID cases. As we uh, read the story today, we are recognizing, however, that the cases are going back up again, but uh, this will be a story that will be talking about why cases had declined. So in America, daily COVID-19 cases from the beginning of January to mid-February had declined by half. And according to The Atlantic, there are four broad reasons for this decline, social distancing, seasonality, partial immunity, and vaccination. Experts at the American Enterprise Institute saw a decrease in Google mobility data, which shows that people are traveling and spreading the virus at lower rates. Hospital admissions also declined after January, showing that winter distancing has been effective. Yeah, the decline is not not isolated to America. However, there have been declines of more than 30% across North America and Europe. This could mean that COVID is seasonal. According to a study in the Open Forum Infectious Diseases, the coronavirus family tends to peak in the winter in the Northern Hemisphere, hitting especially hard in January and February. Seasonality occurs for a variety of reasons. Viruses are designed to thrive in cold and dry conditions where they don't break down as easily. People who are indoors more often when the virus cools reduce the risk of transmission. According to The Atlantic, the virus could also be running out of bodies. 15 to 30% of Americans have already gotten COVID, which means that the population could have enough general immunity to curb the spread of the disease at least a little. This is called seroprevalence, and it would be more common among populations with frequent exposure to the virus, such as essential workers. This is different from herd immunity, however. It is more likely partial immunity, which gives the virus fewer options for spread. The decline in cases began in January, long before majority, in fact, at this point, only a minority of Americans were getting vaccinated. This means that the advent of the vaccine can't tell us why the drop started, but can help us explain the accelerated rate of the decline. The vaccines are highly effective at preventing infection and reduce systemic illness, easing the burden on the hospitals. And I would say, kind of in summary here, as we have more people who've been previously infected generating antibodies, and as we have more people who are getting vaccinated also generating antibodies, that this is a a major reason why we're seeing declines in cases. Now, again, globally, cases are going back up. I have a feeling that that we'll see that here with the U.S. as well, and that's largely due to the fact that the variants are going to be particularly problematic. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Baby boomers, I got the vaccine, now what? 
So 3.75 million Americans aged 65 and older received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine during the first month of the vaccinations. However, many of them still don't know what they are safely able to do now. Nurse Julia? According to the Wall Street Journal, many baby boomers and older generations are struggling to make decisions about what activities and social engagements they can take part in even after being fully vaccinated. The CDC has said there isn't enough information currently available about the protection that the COVID-19 vaccines provide in real-world situations. Dr. Whitehead is a director of the Center for Aging and Health at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. She said that she and colleagues are still urging caution to vaccine recipients because most of the U.S. population isn't vaccinated. And of course, we know that new variants are emerging and the three vaccines available in the U.S. aren't completely 100% effective. Dr. Whitehead, in fact, tells the Wall Street Journal, first the focus was on let's all get vaccinated, and now it's now what? There is some vagueness here. Now, since this story was written, the CDC has made new recommendations with respect to what vaccinated uh, individuals can do, and we'll talk about that in just a quick second. Nurse Julia? As more and more people get vaccinated, and we get closer to herd immunity, public health guidance may change, but for now, it's important to remain vigilant. Even if you have received both doses of the vaccine, you should continue to wear facial coverings, physically distance, avoid crowds and poorly ventilated spaces, maintain good hand hygiene, and stay home if sick. That's right. And I still think, Julia, those are all great recommendations, but as Absolutely. I yeah, as I mentioned a moment ago, that the CDC did recently update their recommendations, and they are saying that individuals that have been vaccinated, either two-dose vaccine or Johnson & Johnson one-dose vaccine, and are two weeks out, can meet with another small group of individuals at home in a setting for like dinner, over mm -hmm. in, in a very small setting, as long as people are not symptomatic. And yeah. grandparents and grandchildren can visit one another. I will say this. I understand where, why those recommendations are there. My one concern is that we still don't know about the variants. And it's the variants that are a big concern for me. So we'll definitely continue to follow the story. Learning to breathe again. Straighten your spine. Broaden your chest. Breathe in. Breathe out. Take out your tongue. Uh, I'm sticking out my tongue, but you can't see it. Uh. That's the sort of exercise that's being promoted. In a collaboration between London hospitals and clinics and the English National Opera, it's called ENO Breathe. According to New York Times, this is a six-week online program of clinically approved recovery breathing exercises for those who had COVID. COVID is often accompanied by chest pain, loss of breath, fatigue, and brain fog which the opera singers are professionally trained to control. So many opera companies and singers have not had an opportunity to perform this past year. However, ENO took a different route. Initially, the wardrobe department made PPE for hospitals. They offered a drive-in opera experience, and then they started trialing this medical program. Vocal training initially seemed like a practical alternative, especially when there was little or no treatments for COVID and the after effects. This program not only trains people how to use their damaged lung capacity, but also teaches them calm breathing for mental health issues they experienced during this pandemic. 
One of the participants was quoted saying the program helped him physically, mentally, in terms of anxiety and socially. He felt connected to other patients. Other patients have reported positive effects as well. Yeah, the program helped the COVID patients with posture and control and provided them access to online resources of music and calming Spotify playlists. The next steps of ENO Breathe are to conduct a randomized trial for more clinical understanding and recruit up to a thousand people in the next phase. These musicians and producers have a chance now to give back and focus on an activity they love and work for. On top of that, these patients are learning to breathe again an activity that is taken for granted. I think this is great. I'm going to be like, you don't think I should go? Opera is not an opera. No, not so much. But the concept is super dope. I love it. I think it's so creative and useful. I know the respiratory issues are kind of some of the ongoing, you know, symptoms that COVID patients experience down the road. So this is just a cool way that they've, you know, combine their talents to give back and help people breathe. Love it. It's amazing. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.